0: Hello, this is Marcus Just got a couple of things to mention before the pod starts um, It's a little bit more adult themed than usual So maybe if you have little kids around Maybe uh, cover their ears with cotton wool or whatever And finally, if you listen to the end I've done a special RT remix of Tom's track Star Splitter So you can hear that then
1: My name is rubbish
0: right hello and welcome let's just do it with full fast quick snappy energy hello and welcome to episode number 75 of modern art is rubbish are you right tom
1: yeah i guess i'm all right yeah i can't complain about anything
0: no you can't and you're happy because you like watching england play didn't you and they won their football thing didn't they which oh I didn't watch.
1: yeah it's like really good but yeah
0: there yeah. we go there we go so got a few things as it's been a little bit of time since we've been on the mic um so i got three couple of new stories uh one kind of like a bit uh, controversial uh, art piece. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Some bloke being basically, I think, a bit misogynist. Um, we've also got a uh, a theft and recovery. And also, we've got someone who I think is slightly overvaluing his artwork a famous 80s pop star. And um, what we're going to talk about first is. Kurt Cobain oh now you liked Kurt Cobain I like Kurt Cobain I like him I like his guitar I like his guitar playing actually and I like his singing and I like Nirvana
1: yeah I like his he played a, a Fender I liked his Fender
0: yeah so all in all we like it but basically I uh, quite recently I am um, a drawing a caricature of himself went off for sale. Tom, you've got the picture there. Can you see that? The picture of uh, Kurt Cobain, which we will put a link to on the website, of Tom Kurt Cobain playing the guitar. Can you see that?
1: Oh, yeah. It's like a a kind of, what would I call it, like a funny pencil drawing that you've just scribbled in your maths lesson.
0: Instead of his teeth, his teeth looks like he's kind of got a harmonica in his mouth and he's a sort of stick man and he's got the words written on it, Kurt Cobain rock star. I don't know how to play and I don't give a hoot. So it's kind of like a ironic self-referential piece. I, I think I'm probably giving it too much credence. It's just somebody's just scribbled it down on it on a bit of paper. Well, anyway, it went for £199,000. $281,000 at an auction. Uh, that's more than 28 times its estimated value. I don't know. Yeah, who who drew it? Kurt
1: Cobain drew it himself. Yes. Yeah.
0: I. It's a bit like uh, John Lennon. Uh, some of John Lennon artworks, but I think John Lennon artworks are better. I prefer them. I'd rather have a John Lennon artwork.
1: Yeah. Why is it? Is that to do with the person or the actual artwork?
0: It's got to be the person. It's got to be the person because, quite frankly, I. It's it's all right. It's nice i would probably pay more i mean his guitar went for quite a lot i'd probably play more for his uh jumper i liked his jumper that he wore on uh, mtv unplugged
1: what the is that the red and black stripey one
0: no i think didn't or he have another not? one isn't it more of a beigey kind of number
1: oh probably yeah i get i'm confused
0: with all yeah, his he, cardigans and jumpers yeah yeah he had some nice so i think a nice uh kurt cobain jumper would be nice but this ain't hundred and ninety nine thousand. I'm sorry, just to pay that for something to say it's Kirk Cobain's. Uh,
1: yeah, no, exactly. It's Kirk Cobain's and like it, there's a there's quite a big market for like fan art, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Well yeah. yeah, there is. I mean Ed Sheerans, I think, sold didn't we mention that sold for about nine grand and he's did a. Uh, he, did, he does like kind of like abstract expressionist kind of works now but i wouldn't pay much money for it i think i prefer kurt cobain's to ed sheeran's but that's not really saying much is it really by any sure, art okay. standard no so that was a uh, kurt man kurt man <laughs> Right. On to the next one, uh, Tom. Uh, police, uh, Greek police, have just recovered three stolen artworks. You, you knew about that, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, did we mention the story about them getting stolen earlier in an er, in an earlier episode? No,
0: because uh, it was twenty twelve. Even twenty twelve is an even time before modern art is rubbish. That's going back. That's back that in is, the yeah days of yore yeah when they were just all coming out of caves and discovering fire and all that stuff um yeah so basically they've recovered three stolen artworks uh, a picasso a Mondrian, and a work by guillermo caccia and they've arrested a 49 year old man and apparently he spent like half a year planning the the operation which actually took place in Athens in 2012, as I said. So basically, he's, uh, I think he spent his time sort of probably watching guards and noting their movements and shift patterns. Because I know that because they do a montage for robbery movies and they always watch the shift patterns of guards. So I'm assuming that's what he did. And then he also uh, checked for cameras. And in 2012, I think security is probably more lax than it is now. And uh, there were Cameras up, but they didn't cover every sort of area, so there were bits where he noticed where you know he could get in and not be seen. What was quite clever is on the night of the robbery, he set off a false alarm in another part of the building. I just uh, and uh, sent the security staff off to that part of the building, and then he sneaks into the other entrance or whatever it is, and uh, he stole the works. I wonder how he did that you know he had a like a really long arm and he just poked it round the window and then ran round the back
1: yeah possibly he probably got Kurt Cobain to design him the arm
0: oh yeah well Kurt Cobain clearly actually if you had a longer arm like the one that Kurt Cobain's playing his guitar with it would have um it would have worked I think it would have worked actually yeah a nice yeah. long arm but uh, of course he got caught by the long arm of the law But, um, um, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so sorry for that um yeah. but apparently <laughs> the guy he, he stole these but he didn't want to sell the pieces it seems that he was actually just an art lover so he just sat on them and sort of thought oh this is nice uh like, I-, I could sit and watch these for years yes yeah, sit and look at them but there is one thing that I did debate his complete art lover credentials because apparently he did actually flush the work by Ketcher uh, down the toilet.
1: Oh, come on, come on, man. That's easily
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon he was admiring it while he was on the loo and it just slips off and fell in the loo. That's what I would... I've, I've done that. I've got art books wet. And I have yeah. actually dropped a book down the toilet, a little one, but I have. It was the uh, the little book of calm. I was holding it and it slipped out my fingers and fell down the toilet. Did you get it out again? Yeah, I did. I did. It's in my. To anyone who's been in my bathroom, it's actually still there. But it was after I flushed, so I considered it clean. I don't know if that means it's clean, but anyway, that's disgusting. And I've just talked about that. I'm sorry if anyone's eating or drinking fluids. <laughs> the other thing as well is apparently that may have influenced him is um, the police said it would have been actually been impossible to sell particularly the Picasso that was stolen uh, because on the back of it had the words for the Greek people a tribute by Picasso was written on the back I'm not sure how that stops that from being sold illegally though, if it's got that words on those words on the back but apparently the police said it did it would have done
1: Oh, yeah, because it was, like, personalised to the gallery. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, the thing is, if you, I mean, as I say, normally you sell these for, they're used for collateral in drug deals, aren't they? Um, So uh, a drug dealer will exchange, as I've said before, and a few pods, you know, a drug dealer will exchange uh, uh, an artwork for a fraction of its value, so, say, a 10 million art work will become a five million artwork and they'll give it to the drug dealer and the drug dealer will hold on to it and uh, um, and waiting for the other person to go and sell the cocaine or whatever he's passed on and then when they give them the money back they give them the artwork back so it's kind of like a collateral thing so i don't know yeah why. well i wouldn't
1: i wouldn't know i don't know why you're asking me about <laughs> it. I know nothing about that
0: oh sorry tom yeah I'm, no no no, I'm sorry, Tom, for asking. Yeah, I don't know why we know this. Um, yeah,
1: I don't know. So he
0: wasn't a drug dealer then? No, he wasn't. He was a, He was an art appreciator. And, um, you know, he actually... I, I don't want to make him sound like, oh, well, well what a nice guy, he cared about the artwork. But apparently they the artwork was actually recovered by the police quite recently. And he'd wrapped them up carefully in plastic... Uh, so to make sure they were protected and then put them in a dry hid them in a dry riverbed so when the oh, plen-
1: yeah. So, yeah yeah so they somewhere where they won't get wet yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's like a dry i think he's assuming that there's never going to be water coming back to that dry riverbed so um yeah so they're well protected in plastic and it, you know so the he's obviously taken quite a lot of care uh to protect them uh, yeah, we we love we love art thieves on modern art is rubbish, yeah. don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: yeah, we've got to be honest about it. We both love these stories.
0: I don't think anyone should do it though. Or well, I think no one should nick art because it's not fair. Because no one gets to see him. That's that's the official um, modern art is rubbish policy.
1: I don't know if it is, man. I'm not, I think our policy is, yeah, we like stories about Nick and it just make the story good. Uh,
0: yeah, you're right. I do kind of think when I see a um a story about an art theft, I think, oh, that's great. That'll be really good for the pod. I don't think this is terrible. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you've got this art thief who's taken a lot of care of the artwork. It's a shame that the police, it seems, didn't take the same amount of care. I mean, you've got a. What, you know, yeah, you,
1: police, Boo-hoo-hoo. Hoo, bloody
0: police! <laughs> 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 These horrible people recovering stolen artworks for the nation. Um, basically, they, uh, you know, you got like what's probably like a ten million pound artwork, uh, and another maybe five million by Mondrian and a ten million by Picasso. I'm just making up numbers, but multi million pound paintings, and they didn't really keep them safe when they put them on display because uh basically the uh, picasso while it was on display uh, fell on the floor
1: yeah that just backs up my point the police <laughs> bloody idiots like dropping picasso's on the floor <laughs> give it to that proper art fan he knew how to look after it
0: <laughs> yeah in a dried up riverbed <laughs> in a plastic bag I mean the thing they displayed it on was like a kind of countertop you know it's a bit like those uh, I thought it was a bit like those ones where you go to a coffee bar and you stare out the window sit on a high stool and you've got like that kind of countertop next in front of you and I thought that's not really where you should be displaying artwork you really need like specially brought in easels yeah so that's the uh, that's the the, uh, the mystery and, and it's, good. it's all good that those artworks are back um, something I may talk about in another pub which is quite interesting is uh, Mondrian I don't know if people uh, a lot of people are quite familiar with him but Piet Mondrian he's very famous for doing like a lot of geometric sort of square and rectangular shapes of many different colours his paintings um, and this is one of his early works it's actually a picture of a, uh, a landscape with a mill and it's what I find really interesting about Mondrian's work is he started off doing these works that are quite representational and gradually over the course of his career he broke the image down into more abstracted and abstracted shapes until it's basically just like blocks of blue against blocks of red or and like with like lines intersecting through
1: them kind of like as his eyesight deteriorated as he got older perhaps
0: well I don't know if that was the case, but actually, you say that. But um, Matisse, the other, another famous uh, artist, um, as his eyesight and his hand coordination sort of like started to fail, he used to do like bigger and bigger cutouts. So I don't think it was the case in Mondrian, but it certainly does. I mean, there certainly is changes in eye, you know, with artists and their eyesight does affect how their art develops and uh, their age. You look at uh, like Michelangelo's later work; it's quite shaky. I like it, but it's it's definitely influenced by his age.
1: Yeah, well, so it's a bit more trippy. Oh, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think he. I think his trippy phase is when uh, when uh, Adam and the, what was it? The hand of Adam and God reaching out. Was it the? Uh, you know, the, I thought the uh, Sistine Chapel was his trippy phase. There's some trippy oh, sure, Bible stuff going on there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well it's pretty trippy the bible, isn't it?
0: Bible is. Yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of trippiness going on on there.
1: Yeah. Come on, let's do next story
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> now, a short advertisement break. Tom, Tom, we've got one final uh, thing that I want to put up. Can you um can you do us a favor, Tom? Can you uh display this turtle art print that i've I've got uh here
1: yeah i don't have an easel though
0: well yeah just you'll you figure something out can you just go and do it
1: okay look i'll lean it against this wall here lovely that'll be safe oh it looks a little bit wobbly
0: oh oh no tom what the hell have you done tom ruined it it's full of my all you had to do was put it up somewhere safely it was easy and now you've flame, flaming ruined it yeah sorry
1: man God. you just got to go and print out another one how would you do that then? head over to uh, modernartisrubbish.com sign up for the mailing list and print out
0: another one so just head over to modernartisrubbish.com and subscribe to our email list to get your free artwork and to be updated on the latest modern art is rubbish news right so um this is interesting the work was recently uh removed from display uh, from a shanghai gallery um, It was a video installation created by the artist Song Tar. And the work was called Ugly and Uglier. And basically what this artist did was it featured 5,000... This is well dodgy, just just thinking about the concept. It featured 5,000 video clips of different women and they were basically secretly filmed going about their daily business at university. Uh, And then basically he ranked them as to how attractive you found them so yeah. so
1: what is it like so I got it was controversial wasn't it yes so like you do, you don't like it you like agree with the controversy that it was yeah. really bad
0: yeah because
1: it's- well, what about from an artistic perspective it is kind of like representative of like a lot of our society and attitudes to like young women.
0: Well, that was his... Uh, yeah. That, that, w- that was his defence? Well, don't, I mean, that was something he actually said, you know, that, you know, was entitled to tell the truth of how people do it. But I think it was like when his team, as they were sorting out the, the actual videos into rank, they put things... I can't remember exactly what was said, but it was, it was things like, you know, like pig ugly and really awfully ugly and they had like different categories of ugliness so I felt it kind of undermined his argument that he's showing how people rank it he's showing what he's
1: what the word "ugly" undermined it?
0: No, no. He when they were sorting out the videos into rank order, because they're shown from one to five thousand. They they were using like quite derogatory ter- descriptions, like like sort of like unforgivably ugly and stuff like that, to to actually sort out the work, to prepare the work. And also he did make a comment to the reference that you know you want to get there, uh, you don't want to get there too at a certain time of day, because you end up just being confronted with loads of ugly kind of people
1: yeah so really it's important to get their first thing for the beginning of the video well yeah that's I the... guess it's I guess it's quite a long video
0: yes it is
1: and if you're into like really like pig ugly women you can wait till later in the afternoon to go to the gallery
0: Be- as an artist I'm going to give you a thing as an artist beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder and actually I found out that the more you do portraits I know this sounds like Kind of like, "Java, oh, now this you're just saying this, but it's true." The more you do portraits, the more you realise that actually, beauty is a really, really, really subjective, subjective thing. Attraction may be different, but actual physical beauty is, or uh, well, attraction is a subjective thing as well. But beauty, you find so much beauty in so many different faces.
1: Yeah, I mean, otherwise, all like. You know, models on a catwalk, you know, whatever sex would all look the same, wouldn't they? But well, they don't.
0: No, they don't. But it's also it's this thing about golden ratio and stuff, you know, that, that apparently, you know, the most symmetrical faces are supposed to be the most attractive. I, I don't necessarily think that's, that's the case. So, anyway. Nor did Picasso. No, nor did Picasso. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so, like, it got, like, a lot of controversial attention and then it... Then it got, like, taken down and the gallery apologised. Is that right? Yes.
0: Well, what really gets me with the gallery is, as they said, because it was was a piece that came out a few years ago, but they were re-showing it. And there was a lot of criticism, and I think justifiably so. And the gallery stated, after receiving criticism, we re-evaluated the content of this artwork. And the artist's explanation, we found it disrespected women and the way it was shot has copyright infringement issues. So, yes, I I think there is the copyright issue. I think, again, also their statement. I don't think the artist, uh, maybe if he'd worded it slightly differently, as you say about the piece, it could have been said, well, look, this is actually what goes on and showed people that this is wrong look this is literally what we're doing we're going out and we're rating people in our head and we're objectifying them when we're on the street and we're not thinking these are human beings with real feelings real emotions and you know and also the fact that how uh you know how we subject how subjective looks are as well he wasn't didn't seem to be making those messages he was just saying look at this is five thousand women, and this is who I find the most ugly, and this is who I find the most beautiful.
1: But there was a um, a response to the work by a female artist. Oh yes, wasn't there, there was.
0: Now, I, I'm not. There's a good article that I read on this artist, and it's in Vice, and I'll put a link to it. And uh, basically, it seems that there's quite a lot of misogyny uh going on in china as there is everywhere in the world let's face it but the point is is uh in china there's a quite a big problem when women are feeling increasingly uh powerless so they're taking more and more sort of like extre- not i don't know if extreme's the right word but more sort of positive action and penis shaming is one of their uh, things that they do and there's a woman artist called xin yutong who created a work in response. And it's called A Guide to Identifying Vegetables. I are quite like this. And in the artwork, she actually ranked uh, artists' penises, scoring them out of 100. So she took several artists and ranked their penises, scoring them out of 100, and assigning them a vegetable to represent the artist's manhood. Uh, basically, the score is that anything below 50 was considered a poor score. So I suppose you've got a poor. Uh, I don't know if that means that what the perform what her performance criteria is, but and a what poor ha- penis. Yeah, poor penis, poor penis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm feeling sorry for an unknown poor penis, but there you go. Um, so how she presented the work was she showed a picture of the artist's work in question alongside a picture of the represented vegetable. So um, Ai Weiwei, uh, who's that? I mean, incredible Chinese artist. I love his work. Uh, if you don't know who he is, you should check him out. I will put a link so people can see it. I think we could do a whole show on the guy. Quite honestly, because he's so good. And now he got fifty-six point two, and and she chose sweet potatoes to represent his uh, his manhood. So 50, that's quite harsh, 56.2 to such a cool guy, giving him such a low penis score.
1: Yeah, but it's not about the... I mean, who cares about the guy? We're talking about, like, vegetables and penises.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's the
1: point, though, isn't it?
0: Yes. Well, we are. You know, she, the artist, uh, she said, um, you know... She admits in this way, object objectify men in this way. She said it's almost like it's an act out of helplessness. It's basically like look, you do this to us all the time, and you and um, you know, this is almost like a reaction to that. And it's a reaction particularly to Song Tar's piece. Now what got me and reading the article in Vice, which we'll put a link to, got me as well, which uh she gave Song Tar. Sixty-eight in an eggplant. Now, bear in mind that's out of a hundred. That's not a bad. He, so, she's she's giving him a did, high did score than I would wait.
1: Yeah. So, did she request pictures of these um, penises from the artists themselves? No, or no. Were they she, secretly she's,
0: filmed. She's, she's, no, basically, she's just uh imagined what this. She's she's used her imagination. I imagine. I don't think she's gone and checked out their packages.
1: All right, yeah. So, it's not it's not quite. So, uh, I, I was kind of imagining when I heard about it yeah. that there'd be pictures of penises in the. Um, was it a film or was just a series of images?
0: No, no. So it's actually a. a, a the, the, as I said, they're like photographic installations. So she's got the artwork, a, an art. So, so say like a piece of work by Ai Weiwei, and then there's a picture of sweet potatoes in the frame next to it and uh just the the, the rating below and that's how the work's presented
1: oh, oh right okay yeah, yeah so, so you can have a nice little you don't you don't get to go and check out some penises next to vegetables then. no no
0: no no no
1: because uh, that would be quite funny wouldn't it
0: well yeah i don't think i would want to go and see penises next to vegetables personally
1: <laughs> but that's it's, me it's,
0: yeah it's not
1: a sentence i ever thought i'd hear anyone say (laughs) let alone you but i'm glad to know that i think i would i think i'd definitely go and see like penises next to vegetables i mean you only you only live once don't you
0: (laughs) So on to our final article, uh, Luke Goss. You know Luke Goss, don't you? Do you know Luke Goss, the uh, actor not, and musician, Paul?
1: Yeah, yeah, not not personally, but I saw the documentary yeah. on um, whatever channel it was on.
0: Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, I've got some quotes from that. We'll talk about that just after talking about his artwork. So basically, Luke Goss and Matt Goss. Now they were in a for people who don't know them, they were in a band that was massive in the eighties. And uh, famous for uh, their song, When Will I Be Famous, a huge, huge band. Um, actually led to a lot of kids uh, putting the tops of uh, 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 beer bowls on their uh, shoes called Grosch. They were actually like the thing and people would put beer bowl tops on their shoes because Bross was so massive. Did you know that?
1: I didn't know anything about the uh, beer bottle tops. Well, it's a bit, but it's I, rem- a... I remember the screaming fans.
0: Yeah. But it's a similar time. It was,
1: it was a bit like Michael Jackson level fame they oh, had was. for a it was. It was
0: ridiculous. And, and, and everyone had their beer bottle tops on their shoes. And, uh, you know, similar to people who, uh, who nicked VW badges... Uh, in reference to the Beastie Boys, and put them round as like medallions round their necks. So it's a bit like that. So anyway, Luke and Matt Goss—they've uh, been showcasing 18 artworks called "Love and Faith." That's like the group show name. And basically, what the what they—he's got, he's got into painting. Luke Goss got into painting um, when he was in lockdown, and he thinks he's uh, you know he's. It's not bad. I mean, looking at the artwork, it's uh, kind of like quite golden. I don't think it's terrible art. Do you know what I mean? But I, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't blow me away. But anyway, what you do is you can go in there and you'll get a, our favourite word, NFT, um, a non-fungible token. So you'll get a digital a digital sort of like a token. And then you'll also get a signed silkscreen print to go with a digital token and um, that's that's uh, basically it but what's quite interesting is um, the foundation or the 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 company behind the the production of the nfts this work has valued the collection at 291 million pounds do you think just just his work the 18 paintings. I mean, that is kind of like Mondrian, Picasso-level kind of prices. I'd, I'd, I'm wondering, I think it's just for promotion reasons, because that's that's just ridiculous. That is utterly ridiculous for a new artist. It doesn't matter how famous they are.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in, in like future years, that might be nothing
0: in terms of value.
1: Pfft. <sighs> it might it might be like a future value when like you know that's how much like a a packet of crisps costs
0: oh no you wouldn't killer like pa- yeah like via my germany where you you'd get paid in the morning and you'd actually have to uh, rush out and buy your stuff because by the evening you're you wouldn't be able to buy a loaf of bread with the same money that kind Yeah of no level.
1: exactly you want to you want to get his paintings now before yeah. before they're worth like <laughs> they'll be worth tr- trillions by tomorrow
0: yeah if every other painting in the world was destroyed and that was the only one left was for some reason that Luke Goss and there is quite a glow around the Bros brothers perhaps so perhaps there's a protective glow around his paintings if they every other pain, painting in the world was destroyed and they were the only ones left that would be a bargain 291 million
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I guess so, man. I, I guess if there were no paintings, it'd just yeah. be like, what's the point in having the only one? Well... I mean, well who, who, who who would care anymore? You'd be like, oh, I'll just do my own
0: art. Yeah, but you wouldn't because cause in my in my imagined scenario, there is no other... There's no other means of creating new paintings. That's it.
1: All oh, right. yeah. So it's like some... You know,
0: it would go in the Natural History Museum then, wouldn't it? It's like Tutankhamun's uh, death mask. There's only one of them.
1: Yeah, so like, you know, the Chinese would probably come and rob it of us for their museum.
0: Well, that's assuming a lot that the Chinese would rob Matt and Luke. (laughs)
1: Well, I don't know. Well, the British Empire would, I guess, like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rest assured, it would end up in the British Museum. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought I'd like to share. This it's slightly not on the art topic, but I watched that documentary as well, and I thought it was an absolute classic. It's called "Where After the Screaming Stops." It's a documentary about the band uh, Bros. Didn't you think it was good? I thought it was excellent. Tom. I really did.
1: Yeah, it was really, really funny. Yeah, and like, uh, it, it was, um, it was made like it wasn't supposed to be funny. Yes. Um, but it was hilarious. And I think they must have, like, done it intentionally like that because it was, it was so good, wasn't it? Well, I
0: don't know. I, it's hard to know because, uh, I, I mean, I like... <laughs> there's a lot of rivalry between them, Luke and Matt. So that was always, like, quite a, uh, quite a thing. And famously, they paid uh, their bass player, a guy called Craig Logan, a million pounds because he wanted to leave the band when they were famous. And then they weren't so famous after he left. So they famously um, lost all their money in the eighties because apparently they didn't know the difference between net and gross profit. Which is something I recommend anyone who has any kind of business or is self-employed know the difference between net and gross profit. Is that good advice? Yeah. Well, Tom? if you
1: if you if you had a business, you would
0: know, wouldn't you? Well.
1: But I guess, like, uh, I guess they were kids, weren't they, at the time?
0: Yeah, because they were asking questions like, "When will I be famous?" Even though they were already famous, so they were quite naive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but I do you know what I really loved about the documentary was um, was they it was full of wisdom, and I've got some of the quotes of real wisdom. I think we can all learn from the wisdom of Luke and Matt Goss. And, the, for instance, this saying was. You know, something he said in the film, right? And he said, Luke Goss said, Rome wasn't built in a day. Are you ready for this, Tom? This is so wise. Have you got a pen and paper ready?
1: Um, It's all right. I'm recording this. Yeah,
0: oh, cool. Oh, yeah, of course we are. (laughs) We can listen to it again on the (laughs) podcast. Um, So Luke Goss said, in this is a clip, he said, Rome wasn't built in a day. But we don't have time that Rome had.
1: All right, yeah. Well, that's just quite relevant to uh, the state of our planet, isn't it? They had a couple of thousand years more than us at the moment, didn't they? Oh,
0: maybe, maybe. It's more profound <laughs> yeah. talking about climate change. Yeah, maybe I am. What about this one? This is from the Magos. The letters H-O-M-E are so important because they personify home.
1: Yeah, oh, man, that's that annoying bit of art you see in everyone's... Uh
0: H O M E, isn't it? So, Tom, yeah. so concludes our thing. So, I think we have, we should play out with, we've got a special announcement which I will put at the start of the pod as well yeah, actually got a special announcement tom we've done a uh i've kind of mixed one of your songs haven't i kind of i have i've done a remix yeah. of the song star splitter and um you can listen to it now on spotify so if you listening could uh go on to tom's page on spotify i'll put a link on the website to it and like and follow his music and have a listen to the remix of his song that I've done and we'll play a little bit of it now but before we go uh, please head over to Modern Art is Rubbish where you can find all our social media stuff modernartisrubbish.com and thank you for your listening person listening to me and Tom so oh, Tom you're
1: welcome man <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here it is, Tom. Star Splitter, the Marcus AS remix by O B Tom Robot Marcus saying goodbye. Are you saying bye Tom? Um No, I was just sitting there quietly. Oh okay.